What's up? It's your girl here, Maya Sanita, and welcome to the Refined Nation Station. Hey, listen, my mission is to inspire others as they are refined in Christ. Stay tuned. Let's have a great time. Yeah. What's up, Refine Nationers? And welcome back to the Refine Nation Station, the podcast. I am so excited because we are going to be reading the book of Esther over the next few episodes. So just go ahead, grab your Bible. We're going to go ahead and read the NLT version. Go ahead and read along with me. I'm going to make this as much fun as we possibly can because believe it or not, the Bible is a fun read. Just get into it. Get into the Bible. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. But first, trivia question of the week. Which cousin adopted Esther? Hmm. Was it A, Harold, B, Mordecai? C, Xerxes, or D, Haman. Wait! But before we get into the details of season four, The Refined Life, go ahead and follow the podcast and be sure to share it with a friend or two. Also, be sure to rate the podcast as we want to go ahead and continue telling the world about Jesus. Thanks, as we go ahead and get started. And welcome back, Refined Nationers. If you answered B, Mordecai, you are correct. If not, hey, the more you know. Esther chapter 1. Once again, this is the New Living Translation. Let's get into it, guys. The King's Banquet. These events happened in the days of King Xerxes, who reigned over 127 provinces stretching from India to Ethiopia. At the time, Xerxes ruled his empire from the royal throne at the fortress of Susa. In the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials. He invited all the military officers of Persia and Media, as well as those princes and nobles of the provinces. The celebration lasted 180 days, a tremendous display of opulent wealth of his empire and the pomp and splendor of his majesty. Verse number five. When it was all over, the king gave a banquet for all the people from the greatest to the least who were in the fortress of Susa. It lasted for seven days and was held in the courtyard of the palace garden. Must have been beautiful, right? Verse number six. The courtyard was beautifully decorated with white cotton curtains and blue hangings, which were fastened with white linen cords and purple ribbons to silver rings embedded in the marble pillars. Wow. So gold and silver couches stood on the mosaic pavement of the porphyry, marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. Verse number seven. Drinks were served in gold goblets of many designs, and there was an abundance of royal wine reflecting the king's generosity. By edict of the king, no limits were placed on the drinking, for the king had instructed all of his palace's officials to serve each man as he wanted. At the same time, Queen Vashti gave a banquet for the women in the royal palace of King Xerxes. Verse number 10. Queen Vashti 
deposed. So on the seventh day of the feast, when King Xerxes was in high spirits because of the wine, he told the seven eunuchs who attended him, Mehuman, Bitha, Harbona, Bitha, Abatha, Zerthar, and Sarsis. Y'all don't come for me for these names. Verse number 11, to bring Queen Vashti to him with a royal crown on her head. He wanted the nobles and all the other men to gaze on her beauty, for she was very beautiful woman. But when they conveyed the king's order to Queen Vashti, she refused to come. This made the king furious and he burned with anger. Verse number 13, he immediately consulted with his wise advisors who knew all the Persian laws and customs, for he always asked their advice. The names of these men were Karshina, Shethar, Admatha, Tarshish, Marys, Marcina, and Mamusin, seven nobles of Persia and Media. They met with the king regularly and held the highest positions in the empire. Verse number 15. What must be done to Queen Vashti, the king demanded. I guess it should be, what should be done to Queen Vashti, the king demanded. What penalty does the law provide for a queen who refuses to obey the king's orders properly sent through his eunuchs? So Magnuson answered the king and his nobles, Queen Vashti has wronged not only the king, but also every noble and citizen throughout the empire. I mean, everybody was offended. Verse number 17, women everywhere will begin to despise their husbands when they learn that Queen Vashti has refused to appear before the king. Before this day is out, the wives of all the king's nobles throughout Persia and Media will hear what the queen did and will start treating their husbands the same way. There will be no end to their contempt and anger. Verse number 19. So if it pleases the king, we suggest that you issue a written decree, a law of the Persians and Medes, that cannot be revoked. It should order that Queen Vashti be forever banished from the presence of King Xerxes and that the king should choose another queen more worthy than she. When this decree is published throughout the king's vast empire, husbands everywhere, whatever their rank, will receive proper respect from their wives. The king and his nobles thought it made good sense, so he followed McMusen's counsel. He sent letters to all parts of the empire to each providence in its own script and language, proclaiming that every man should be the ruler of his own home and should say whatever he pleases. Man, let's go on. Esther chapter two, Esther becomes queen. So verse number one, but after Xerxes' anger had subsided, he began thinking about Vashti and what she had done and the decree he had made. So his personal attendant suggested, let us search the empire to find beautiful young virgins for the king. Let the king appoint agents in each providence to bring these beautiful young women into the royal harem at the fortress of Susa. Haggai, the king's eunuch in charge of the harem, will see that they are all given beauty treatments. After that, the young woman who most pleases the king will be made queen instead of Ashti. This advice was very appealing to the king, so he put the plan into effect. At that time, there was a Jewish man in the fortress of Susa whose name was Mordecai, son of Jair. He was from the tribe of Benjamin and was a descendant of Kish and Shemiah. His family had been among those 
who King Jehoiakim of Judah had been exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. This man had a very beautiful and lovely cousin, Hadassah, who was also called Esther. When her father and mother died, Mordecai adopted her into his family and raised her as his own daughter. As a result of the king's decree, Esther, along with many other young women, was brought to the king's harem as the fortress of Susa and placed in Haggai's care. Haggai was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered a special menu for her and provided her with beauty treatments. He also assigned her seven maids specially chosen from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. Esther had not told anyone of her nationality and family background because Mordecai had directed her not to do so. Every day, Mordecai would take a walk near the courtyard of the harem to find out about Esther and what was happening to her. Before each young woman was taken to the king's bed, she was given the prescribed 12 months of beauty treatments, six months of oil and myrrh, followed by six months with special perfumes and ointments. When it was time for her to go to the king's palace, she was given her choice of whatever clothing or jewelry she wanted to take from the harem. That evening, she was taken to the king's private rooms, and the next morning, she was brought to the second harem, where the king's wives lived. There, she would be under the care of Shazdas, the king's eunuch, in charge of the concubines. She she would never go to the king again unless he had especially enjoyed her and requested her by name. Esther was the daughter of Abihel, who was Mordecai's uncle. Mordecai had adopted his younger cousin Esther. When it was Esther's turn to go to the king, she accepted the advice of Haggai, the eunuch in charge of harem. She asked for nothing except what he suggested, and she was admired by everyone who saw her. Verse number 16. Esther was taken to the king Xerxes at the royal palace in early winter of the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther more than any of the Aww. other young women. He was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her head and declared her queen instead of Vashti. Verse number 18. To celebrate the occasion, he gave a great banquet in Esther's honor for all his nobles and officials, declaring a public holiday for the provinces and giving generous gifts to everyone. Even after all the young women had been transferred to the second harem and Mordecai had become a palace official, Esther continued to keep her family background and nationality a secret. She was still following Mordecai's instructions, just as she did when she lived in his home. Mordecai's loyalty to the king. Verse number 21. One day, Mordecai was on duty at the king's gate. Two of the king's eunuchs, Bithena and Teresh, who were guards at the doors of the king's private quarters, became angry at King Xerxes and plotted to assassinate him. But Mordecai heard about the plot and gave the information to Queen Esther. She then told the king about it and gave Mordecai credit for the report. When the investigation was made and Mordecai's story was found to be true, the two men were impaled on a sharpened pole. This was all recorded in the book of the history of the king of Xerxes reigns. Esther chapter 3. Haman's plot against the Jews. Sometime later, King Xerxes promoted Haman, son of Hamithia, the Agagite, over all the other nobles, making him the most powerful officials in the empire. Wow. All the king's officials will bow down before Haman to show him respect whenever he passed by, for so the king had commanded. But Mordecai refused to bow down or show him respect. I mean, he didn't care. Verse number 3. Then the 
palace officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why are you disobeying the king's command? They spoke to him day after day, but he still refused to comply with the order. So they spoke to Haman about this to see if he would tolerate Mordecai's conduct, since Mordecai had told them he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not bow down or show him respect, he was filled with rage. Uh, verse number six, he had learned of Mordecai's nationality, so he decided it was not enough to lay hands on Mordecai alone. Instead, he looked for a way to destroy all the Jews throughout the entire empire of Xerxes. Verse number seven, so in the month of April, during the 12th year of King Xerxes' reign, lots were cast in Haman's presence. The lots were called Purim to determine the best day of the month to take action. And the day selected was March the 7th. Nearly a year later. So my man Haman had a whole year to think about this. Wow. Then Haman approached the king Xerxes and said, There is a certain race of people scattered throughout all the promises of your empire to keep themselves separate from everyone else. Their laws are different from those of any other people. And they refuse to obey the laws of the king. I mean, he put some sauce mm -hmm. on it. Verse number eight still. So it would not be in the king's interest to let them live. Number nine. If it pleases the king, issue a decree that they be destroyed and I will give 10,000 large sacks of silver to the government administrators to be deposited in the royal treasury. The king agreed confirming this decision by removing his signet ring from his finger and giving it to Haman, son of Hamithia the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. Wow. The king said the money and the people are both yours to do with as you see fit. Verse number 12. So on April 17th, the king's secretaries were summoned so this is like a month and a week or so later that's crazy uh so on april 17th the king's secretaries were summoned and a decree was written exactly as Haman dictated it was sent to the king's highest of officers the governors of the respective provinces and the nobles of each province in their own script and languages the decree was written in the name of king xerxes and sealed with the king's signet ring dispatches were sent by the swift messengers into all the provinces of the empire giving the order that all Jews, young and old, including women and children, must be killed, slaughtered, annihilated on a single day. Yo, they were trying to kill all Jews on the same day? That's crazy. This was scheduled to happen on March 7th of the next year. So this was like, what, a two years now that we're going into this? Man. So here we go. Keep going. It's on 13. The property of the Jews would be given to those who killed them. Verse number 14. A copy of this decree was to be issued as law in every providence and proclaim to all peoples so that they would be ready to do their duty on the appointed day. At the king's command, the decree went out by swift messengers and it was also proclaimed in the fortress of Susa. Then the king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa fell into confusion. Esther chapter 4, still New Living Translation. Mordecai requests Esther's help. So when Mordecai learned about all that had been done, he tore his clothes and put on burlap and ashes and went out into the city crying with a loud and bitter wail. He went as far as the gate of the palace for no one was allowed to enter the palace gate while wearing clothes of mourning. And as the news of the king's decrees reached all the providences, there was a great mourning among the Jews. They fasted and wept and wailed and many people lay in burlap and ashes. When Queen Esther's maids and 
and Unix came and told her about Mordecai, she was deeply distressed. She sent clothing to him to replace the burlap, but he just refused it. Then Esther sent for Hathot, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed as her attendant. She ordered him to go to Mordecai and find out what was troubling him and why he was in mourning. So Hathok went out to Mordecai in the square in front of the palace gate. Mordecai told him the whole story, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai gave Hathot a copy of the decree issued in Susa that called for the death of all Jews. He asked him to show it to Esther and explain the situation to her. He also asked him to direct her to go to the king to beg for mercy and plead for her people. So Hathot returned to Esther with Mordecai's message. Then Esther told him to go back and relay the message to Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in this inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter and the king has not called for me to come to him for 30 days so Hathok gave Esther's message to Mordecai and Mordecai sent this reply to Esther man this is way before texting I'm trying to tell you don't think for a moment that because you're in a palace that you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were even made queen for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Verse number 15. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. She must have been terrified. I mean, she must have been. Esther chapter 5. Esther's request to the king. On the third day of the fast, Esther put on her royal robes and entered the inner court of the palace, just across the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne, facing the entrance. When the king saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her and held out the gold scepter to her. So Esther approached and touched the end of the scepter. Then the king asked her, What do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it's half the kingdom. And Esther replied, if it please the king, let the king and Haman come to a banquet I have prepared for the king. The king turned to his attendants and said, tell Haman to come quickly to the banquet as Esther has requested. So the king and Haman went to Esther's banquet. Verse number six. And while they were drinking wine, the king said to Esther, now, tell, I mean, they was the most drinkingest people. Okay, here we go. Verse number six. And while they were drinking wine, the king said to Esther, now tell me what you really want. What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it's half the kingdom. And Esther replied, this is my request and deepest wish. If I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request and do what I ask, please come with Haman tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for you. Then I will explain what all of this is about. Haman plans to kill Mordecai. Verse number nine. 
Haman was a happy man <laughs> as he left the banquet. But when he saw Mordecai sitting at the palace gate, not standing or trembling nervously before him, Haman became furious. Oh God, However, God. he restrained himself and went on home. Then Haman gathered together his friends and Zeresh, his wife, and boasted to them about his great wealth and his many children. He bragged about his honors the king had given him and how he had been promoted over all the other nobles and officials. Then Haman added, and that's not all. Queen Esther invited only me and the king himself to a banquet she prepared for us. And she has invited me to dine with her and the king again tomorrow. Boy, he in here boasting. Verse number 13. Then he added, but this is all worth nothing. As long as I see Mordecai the Jew just sitting there at the palace gate, he can't get over it. Verse number 14. So Haman's wife, Zeresh, and all the friends suggested, set up a sharpened pole that stands 75 feet tall and in the morning ask the king to impale Mordecai on it. When this is done, you can go on your merry way to the banquet with the king. This pleased Haman and he ordered the pole set up. Boy, he listened to the wrong people real good. Okay, wait. We're going to come back next week and do the finale of the book of Esther. So be sure to tune in next week as we conclude this reading. Until next time, be blessed. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like, subscribe, or follow for more upcoming content. You can find Refinance station on any podcast platform where you listen to your audio podcast also if you haven't given your life to jesus christ now is always a good time romans 10 and 9 says if you confess with your mouth that jesus christ is lord and believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead you will be saved and as always jesus loves you and guess what i do too be blessed